All right, welcome to Wealth Cartel, where hindsight's a motherfucker. Our mission is to stop people saying, I wish I had to listen and to help people capitalize on everyone else's mistakes before making them themselves. In summary, our tagline says it all, turn our hindsight into your foresight. So we're just a couple of lads from the west and the central coast who grew up without really any wealth around us and used it to motivate us to make something of ourselves. Uh, along the way, mainly as we matured, we did a lot of things right, but more importantly, we made a lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes that could have been avoided by not being know-it-alls and actually listening to what others had told us instead of thinking, no, not me. So my name's Akko. I'm a, a business, small business owner with a bunch of franchises called Penon Picasso at the moment uh, with large plans of building a large business portfolio. Uh, I'm Kingy. I'm a financial advisor looking to break the mold and what good advice should look like and start teaching people how to enjoy life to the fullest while also planning for tomorrow out of my business, Three Kings Wealth Management. Down here at Bella Vista Hotel, guys. Bella Vista Hotel has got a podcast um, room set up here for everyone to use. It's a great spot. Good little setup for us. Um, nice little backdrop as well, if anyone's seen the backdrop. So, yeah, if, if uh, it looks familiar to you guys, this is Bella Vista Hotel. Get down. Get down here. It's got great food, great drinks, great cocktails, a good little atmosphere, um, not just for the podcast. They come down for the podcast or come down for a feed and, and check the guys out. Uh, thanks for supporting us. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the episode. All right, welcome to Wealth Cartel Podcast, episode 11, guys. Today, we have Zen Ginnan from Ginnan Sports Management and or Entities, just a superstar manager all over. Um, you know Zen from every main every main athlete or personnel in Australia and, and bringing the biggest names internationally over as well. His Instagram something to be uh something to be admired with some of the names he's standing next to. So we're very proud of him. Uh, welcome, <laughs> Zen. Welcome to Wealth Cartel Podcast. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Yeah, the majority of those photos were all photoshopped. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you do that? <laughs> no, yeah, definitely, definitely had a, a crazy career. Still pretty much, I'd say, we're getting started. Um, as, you know, we've sort of started from the music end and then transitioned in the sports world. So, that's definitely been... Um, you know, an eye-opener for me once sort of getting into the whole sports management side, but loving it. Yeah. Where's your, where's your biggest footprint at the moment? Which which one across those three categories? It's always been it's always been music, but it started off with uh, just being friends, I guess, with a, a lot of fighters in general. Uh, Mark Hunt, of course, was my first client, and it got to the point where he knew that the industry that I was in was in like entertainment. You know, we knew sponsorship, we knew contracts, uh, we had the network. He kept on asking for favors. He kept on getting, you know, burned by other managers and. I said, dude, stop asking for favors for so many years and let me just deal with it and handle it. So it started from then on. Been been a good ten years now. So yeah, pretty stoked. Yeah. Well, do you do you find um, in regards? I mean, people who are at the top of the, you know, the people that become musicians or people that become fighters or athletes or whatever, all of them have a similar mindset in in the sense that it's it is what it is. They love what they love and they're, and they're never going to fail. Or do you, do you find that that's a common trait between all the people you manage? Hundred percent. Like you know, I guess it's really the ones that come uh, from, I guess, different parts of the neighbourhood. Of course, you know, and and they're, they're sort of focused on sort of making something better of their lives. Um, you know, for example, you know, a lot of the boys out from you know Mount Druitt. You know, there's a number of UFC fighters coming through there, of course, and then you know a number of other fighters um, <laughs> in Bellator. So you know, as well as let's say, for example. The one four boys done an amazing job in the hip hop scene. Come from the same hood, so they've just 
got that drive to go to another level. And then you can even push that over into what's happening out of, out of the Panthers at the moment. The culture that's going on at the Panthers with those Mount Druid boys at the moment. It's crazy, man, to follow that along. I'm a Roosters supporter, but yep. I'm, I'm, I'm a Westie and, and I'm loving what's going on out there with those boys at the moment. 100%. So my, my nephew's a critter. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, and okay. he's, he's the main culprit. Every try. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, but this is the thing. I think they've also converted just people, you know, of course we have our number one team um, and we've always supported them, but people are falling in love with their love of the sport, where they've come from. It's not all about the money to them. It's about the passion and the heart. Uh, and what they're doing for the community is amazing. Like I, like I grew up between coast and west, and I'm a para boy myself. Like I, I followed yeah. para my whole life. But Penrith's always been my my second team because of you know growing up out that way. And the, just the business, the economy, everything surrounding. Like Panthers has always been that hub, and it's been quite a good business. I know growing up, but lately, like you know, people always say Parramatta is the second city. Nah, crack I that off. It's Penrith too, yeah. is Penrith is now the second city. Like it is. Yeah. Great. We're looking. We're looking to actually move out there. My wife and I. To grow our business and our life out there. It's a beautiful community. Like it's it's, it's really a juggernaut. Man. They've At changed the, the game, man. They've changed the game. We we found that Definitely. pretty. I went and met um, a couple of the, the dudes, the founders of my brand. They're they're Penrith boys as well. Peter and Picasso, I'm involved with. And yeah. uh, the dudes who are founders of, of that, they're Penrith boys. And when I went out there, like, like Carter. Carter, Ben Carter, he's my he's my accountant and. Everyone that I've met out there, like you got like Jake Farragher from NU, yeah. and then you've got the boy. Like, there's so much business-wise, and they're supportive. There, we we're just chatting about this on the way in. Like, we said it, you know, out that way because obviously there's a big poly, a big poly uh, Polynesian, you know, influence out that way as well, and that family mentality. Like, the business is an economy because everyone supports each other. You come out even this way or more east, everyone's in it for themselves a little bit, you know. But out there, exactly. They just... Well, that's what I meant by like the, you know, a lot of them are sort of just doing it for the money. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess yeah. they've lost yeah. the passion. What I, what I like about this Penrith side is that the young guns, like there's not really like the oldest sort of, you know, oldest sort of star players. Like there's a couple of them, but there's not like stacked like a lot of these yeah, other yeah. NRL teams, you know what I mean? It's all culture. It's culture. They're not, they're, it's culture. Yeah. Like all of those culture, boys are 100% the culture. against each other at St. Mary's or it's, you know. Yeah, it, reminds me of the, or... it reminds me of the Tigers team when they won. They said, you know, it's not a team of champions, but it's a champion team. Yeah. But I think the other thing is that these young guns at Penrith will become champion like they will become Jerome Luau is the best player in the comp at the moment yeah but well. oh man he's a gun he's a gun like he just for what he does to the team it just I think he just brings them up another level and I was looking you know oh, Sully who used to own Lions where Ty like I used to train out of Lions with Ty and Tyson and Arlene yeah yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Good old Sully. Sully. yeah Sully posted I've known Sully for some years and I post, he posted something the other day from over in the Middle East, he posted about um, Ivan Cleary, you know, because we, we were a part of that when Lions was going to take to the next level for the, the um, pre-season looking after Panthers and Ivan Cleary got the boot and that pretty much ruined Sully. He obviously being the hustler is, he made something from it, went to overseas from it, but they put yeah. a lot into that and it's a great story seeing him come back and be like, it's just, it all just comes together to this culture, you know, they've all built it and they're just, it's, I love it. I, it's, a, it's a Hollywood, you know, it's an Australian dream. I love it. I, I can't, I can't get enough of it. It's bigger than footy, you know? It's it needs, it needs footy. to be a movie. It needs to yeah. be a movie on that. 100%. Well, let's, let's just get through the final first and then uh, <laughs> it needs to be a movie. Yeah, well, I mean, in, just, in, just on the West in general of late, the last 10 years growing up, it used to be, you know, the only real people that represented coming from Mount Druid were the real, th like the real, real people father, from yeah. there. A lot of people used to lie about where they were from or, yeah. or be ashamed of it. And, and what the 1-4 boys done, 
what they've done massively amongst this community in regards, you know, they do what they do and they say what they say, but they're leading by example in a sense that, yeah, all right, they, they have their little enemies or whatever they've got, but they yeah. really they really are proud of where they come from and they're teaching people that, you know, it doesn't matter where you're from as long as you're proud of it. And I've been in Leftridge Park, but grew up in Blacktown and I always yeah. represented that area. My mum always said, don't be ashamed of where you're from. But a yeah. lot of people that I knew, they look down on those areas and now they're going, oh, it's cool to be from Mount Druid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. I th and Bam Bam, I think, played you know a bit of a role on oh, that huge. when he sort of played the big stage of Chewy. ripping the FTA. You know, it's yeah. um, you know, it, it, it's, it's awesome to see that the world can embrace it as well. So people start going, oh, you know, what's what's all these uh, you know hand signs about, and you know the <laughs> FTA about, and and this is media globally. So it's um, for him to do that, and then amazing, you know, I guess yeah. one four. Yeah, it's awesome. It's amazing. When I left the army, like so I grew up Central Coast and, and out Mount Druid. Dad grew up in like I grew up between Emerton and the Central Coast and pretty much Woo Woo, which is Mount Druid on the beach. But um, we grew, I grew up between those two as a kid, and and I was all, like I didn't know what the big fuss was. People used to look down at it, but I had some grew up with some great people with some great values. You know, everyone was everyone looked out for each other and everything. And when I left the army and came back to the corporate world and started in finance, I'm a financial planner. And when we looked out, I started working towards these, thinking you know, I got to go to where the money is, mate. I hated yeah. it. I couldn't stand the people that I worked with. Like I just, it was just, even though they had heaps of money, I hate it. And now, so I've drifted back out West and I'm, I'm in the process of creating this thing called Westside Wealth Group. Not to, not to, you know, not because of anything to do with money, just the, being able to work with those kind of people. It's, it, they're great people. Like it's, they're the most supportive clients. They, they'll do what you tell them to do. They're, they're not, they're not afraid of hard work. Like it's just a really good culture. I think the work is come back to culture. That yeah, definitely. You speak to people in the building industry. I'm from the building industry. If you speak to people in the building industry, they will, and and I'll I'll swear by this. They will guarantee I'll guarantee you that you get paid more quicker, and you're more likely to get paid from somewhere out west than going and doing a, a, a monster yeah. in Bondi. I'm, Really? Wow. 100%, man, they don't want to pay. They hate debts. They're so, yeah, they're like, <laughs> well, oh, out west, they hate the tip. <laughs> I, want, I, want the new, I want the brand new bathroom, but fuck you, you're from the west, you don't deserve yeah, the money right. you deserve. Yeah, would you say that the principle means more out west as well, more on, on a handshake rather, rather than a you know 10 page contract? It doesn't really mean yeah, much. Yeah, your word. It's out west, it's your word. Your word is your word. Out east, it's yeah. how, can I, how can I stiff you? What well, can when, I do you, when you grow up, I think too, when you grow up and you're watching, you know, you're middle class and you're watching, you know, your mum go to work and your dad go to work. And sometimes, you know, I, I had to babysit my sisters because they were both at work at the same time or, or you know, you have the fundamentals of what it took to just get by, you learn from that, I think. And don't, not, to, not to say there's not hardship out east. I, I, I do yeah, understand there's, there's people out there that do it tough as well, but... I know for a fact with me, my, my work and my drive comes from the fact that I knew it, life wasn't easy. Whereas yeah. I feel like out there, it's like stuff is handed you, to you. But you were held more accountable out, out there too. Like growing up, like if you didn't stick to your word, you'd cop a flogging. You know? Even <laughs> as a kid, like you would, mm -hmm. and there's more consequence. Where, uh, you're not allowed uh, to say that now, docs will show up. Yeah, I know, but you're like, if, like if you <laughs> promised someone something and you didn't do it, then you, there was consequences, right? And it was all it was all acceptable where that way, like more, when I started working that way in the money, it was more, it was contracts, you know, your consequence was a contract or was a, how can I, you know, it was a legal thing. We're out that way. It was, we don't care. It was, you, you don't stick to your word. And it became, you became held towards your word because otherwise, you know, that was the consequences. And I think as you get people can have their own view on it, but it's create that culture that that's created is an honest, more honest culture, a more stand up culture that I, I love to be a part of. And 
Panthers is just, you know, those boys out there are doing something phenomenal, especially for their age, especially for what they how they're changing that community for their age, you know? Definitely, definitely. Like, it's amazing to see, you know, a lot of these boys, you know, are sort of giving back to the community as well, rather than sort of like, you know, getting these big contracts and going, see you later, I'm off yeah. to Gold Coast or I'm off to fucking, you know, some other team. The party <laughs> Um, yeah. Well, so we, we might move forward with the with the agenda here. What um tell us a bit about you then. So, so where did you grow up? What was life like growing up for yourself? As much as you want to share, or as little as you want to share. Um, yeah. Like, get, get to where you are now. Yeah. So I was born and raised Auckland, uh, New Zealand. Um, sort of started off there. I guess my career as for well, pretty much just working for other promoters. Um, funny enough, I think this is where me and Mark sort of linked up was that I used to work for his old manager and, you know, we sort of crossed paths later on and yeah, we, and then we sort of connected from there. Mark was like, Hey, my manager, my old manager owes me money. I was like, Hey, that same guy owes me money as well. And then that's where it went on from there on. That. Exactly. That's why I was just You saw the opportunities but... then, didn't you? You said, let's get him. You, you, <laughs> you lead. Lead horse. You go for it. <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, it, 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 it started off more in the music world. Uh, we did a lot of shows in New Zealand. I worked for a number of promoters um, doing fight promotions such as K1 and then also concerts. So I pretty much started doing them probably around sort of early 2000. Um and then sort of wanted to expand. So I actually moved to Sydney around 2005, I believe. Um, did about five years, started doing, you know, a lot of club nights and small sort of concerts and then sort of grew from then on. Um, then I wanted to expand into... What were you involved with? Sorry? What, what, sort of, what sort of concerts and club nights and stuff did you do then? What were they? Uh, a number of clubs. Red we room? used to run... Yes, uh, I know. Yeah, I know Corinne and the guys the from Red Room. I know Chatty, good old Chatty, the owner. Was well, so we've done some <laughs> stuff in the past. <laughs> um, but I, I and also, you know, funny enough, probably won't mention a lot of the names, but for a lot of clubs in the King's Cross. So you know, good old Cross back in the day, and then um, okay, just eh? sort of got over the club scene. <laughs> Got it. Got over the club scene because you know when you when you're doing nights from Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You remember Sapphire on Sundays, Dragonfly on Saturdays, oh, Dragonfly was, Good Bar. I used to do Good Bar on Fridays. Tunnel, you know, Dragonfly, I used to do the the Eastern the Eastern and Bondi Junction on a Thursday. Like it was, oh, the I was living like a fucking rock star, and just like an idiot young when you're making a bit of money of course when you know when you're, you're when you're sort of in your early 20s and you're making about five ten grand a night or a weekend you're feeling like a rock star but you're not putting it away you know you're just spending it like an idiot and then it took took me a while uh to come to my senses and sort of realize uh, what am i doing you know the party life is not really for me that you know and then i started moving into more of the music promotional world that's a really good point. I, I yeah. want to jump on. I want to jump on there quickly. So first of all, what I want to know is, and I, this is a question I've had for you myself before this come, but what, like, I think the the the, the caliber of people that you've you've interacted with, worked with, is phenomenal. Like, a, like people need to understand. Like, it's massive. I want to know first and foremost what mindset and what were the traits, or what did you do to get your foot in the door in those things, and then secondly, talking about the money stuff. So go tell us a bit about that, and then tell us a bit about. What was the what shifted your mindset and uh, around you know the party lifestyle to going shit this ain't for me I need to do something what were the, the mindset and traits that did those two things? 
Probably well, the mindset for the partying side is when you're waking up two days later going, what the fuck? I fucking told you. <laughs> whoa, 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 what happened just then? But, you know, <laughs> he, you know everyone, everyone, everyone goes through that whole period. Um, you know, wake up at the Eastern. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're waking up in someone's house going, how the fuck did I get here? And it's like, you know, you thought you were partying on Sunday, but it's a Wednesday when you're waking up. So... You know, everyone has those sort of moments. I actually think it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's a positive or an upside to it, but I think you experience it young rather than later. This is what yeah. I've seen a downfall for a lot if of older guys that it. haven't really. What's that? If you can get through it. Some people don't get through it, you know? you got you to have yeah, that Yeah, exactly. Moment. So, 100%. Like, I think as a young buck, you know, it's, it's, you know, it was good for me to sort of experience it and get over it. Like, it wasn't such a buzz as, as you sort of get older and more mature, you know what I mean? Yeah. Of course, we like to sort of have a little, you know, a little night out here and there, but not as we used to back in our early he teens. He fucking doesn't. He, <laughs> he doesn't even go to his friends' birthday parties anymore. Oh, wow. He's like, fuck that. Good on you. I go, I know what's going to happen. I'm just not going. I said, bro, you can't do that. I've got to accept I'm going for three weeks nah. or I don't go at all. Nah. There's no... That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. having this exactly. argument at the moment. We're having this argument at the moment, Zach, because I'm like, I'm, I'm in the stage two where I'm like, I don't want to do it anymore. Unless there's a reason to really do it, I don't really want to fight. Exactly. I mean, this is the thing. Like, we used to celebrate, like, we fucking won the finals of something, you know what I mean? On a Wednesday. Wednesday. On a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we're selling, we're partying like we just won the lottery, but it was just fucking payday at the end of the day, you know, and spend our old pay. You know, you know exactly know the mindset when we're at that young age, and that's when you sort of got to start figuring out, going, okay, I've made this much over the past year. Then you look at your savings, it's like, oh fuck, okay, yeah. <laughs> we need to change. What, what did I actually get from? Was the out. happiness, was the experience, you know, worth what I've spent? Could I've done, you know, they find that balance, you yeah. know. Yeah, because I think when you do sort of hit a hit, hit a I guess a roadblock or you know a bit of a, a dip in in your I guess over your, your 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 career, and then you realize oh shit are those friends still around me you know are the people that I was trying to sort of party with are they actually there because for certain reasons was yeah. it just the money you know was it because of that lifestyle that you and were you trying to out? impress them a little bit you know like was it for you or for them it's yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we, we've both had that exact sort of thing happen. You know, I've lost lots of friends over the years, not not because I don't like them or don't love them anymore or anything to it. Just I look at them and I think, you know, I just don't remember a time where we weren't together when we were doing the wrong shit. And yeah. you know, like with kids and that now, I want to be surrounded by people that want to be around me for me and who I am as as at my best, as opposed and to... And just uplift you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, if you're around certain people, they need to lift you at the same time you're lifting them. Um, yeah. I think that's key. Yeah, 100 I, I agree with that. that that's, a, that's a big thing. I think for anyone I've met in the last, sort of since we've been doing this podcast, they've all got real similar thoughts, thought processes around... And it's a simple thing. You can read it in many books, you know, or surround yourself with good people. But until you start understanding what that actually is or who that means, it's, it's a real hard thing. And that doesn't mean you think less of the old people you used to be friends with. It just means that there's certain a time in your life where it's time to knuckle down and worry about you. And once that time comes, certain people drop off without you even having to say a word, you know? Yeah, 100%. And I think this is, it's been a good sort of learning experience for me because it's, you know, as, as an athlete or a lot of my clients um, at a young age, it, it, it's for me to use that experience to sort of hopefully guide them on the, a path where they don't experience that. You know, unfortunately, they're always going to have certain people once they sort of start hitting those big contracts 
it's all of a sudden shit. You got to double the friends that you had a couple of days ago. <laughs> and the family members. <laughs> yeah, you've got, they're, you've they're got third cousins. You've got third cousins from twice from nowhere. Yeah, we're related. I'm sure we're related. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, my, I'm my friend. We've got the same dad. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it's unfortunate. It does happen. Um, but at the same time, you sort of got to do your best to sort of protect them in every way possible. Um, you know, some of my guys just have big hearts, you know, and sometimes they're giving out, you know, more too much than they, they, that they should. And you've got to um, use that. I use that too when I've worked with a, a, few, a few athletes and stuff as well. And, and big, especially just big money earners in general is I always use that thing. If you're on a plane, you've got to put your mask on first, you know. And that's the, probably the biggest thing that a lot of them fail with is they start handing out. And I say, we can do that, but we've got to, you've got to look after yourself first. Make sure you're sorted. Because if you're not sorted, who's going to look after them long term, you know. So yeah. I think that's a big lesson a lot of them learn and have to learn early. Is it's all right to help people, but you've got to help yourself first. I think too. When, yeah, 100%. When you, when you say you're working with is like high level, high level athletes, high level music people, you know, you're working with high level entrepreneurs that are owning nightclubs and, and you're talking, they, these types of people generally get to a stage in their life. I know I'm getting there now and I'm nowhere near there, but I, you get to a stage in your life where you start thinking I'm quite, I'm quite well off compared to a lot of people. I've worked my ass off, but there's no point having all this or doing all this if yeah. I can't give back. And I think that yeah. there's like a fine line between giving back and sinking and then, the shit. And, yeah. And I think that's, I'm learning that now. I did that with a lot of my mates. A lot, well, not even so much mates, just anyone like trying to help and do this and do that. And then you get to a stage where I'm looking at like, I'm like, I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I'm telling my wife, listen, you can't spend 200 bucks on that, but I'll give yep. that person a thousand bucks because they're struggling. And I'm thinking that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why shouldn't we get that and then be able yeah. to out? You know, and I think yeah. I, see, I see a lot of that with footy players. Um, I went to school with George Tafu. I went to Hill Sports. And, um, oh, nice. George, Georgie, I, I read a story about him. He was always a real good kid, like, growing up. He was always a really good kid, you know? And his mum got yeah. really sick, and he would hand his entire wage to his mum and be paid money as if, you know, so his family could eat. And I just thought, yeah. that if you're going to give back, that's how you give back. Not to these other people, stragglers that are coming, coming around, you know, that haven't been there for... Like they haven't sat with you through the hard times. I just don't agree. Exactly. I think, and, and that's a matter of, that's where I guess giving back, I guess, to the people that help you sort of get there is, is, is crucial rather than the ones that have just popped up all of a sudden yeah. when you're at the top of the world. But it's, it's also, and this is the thing, you've got to remember the people that sort of helped you sort of get to that place where you were. That's, that's, I think that's priority. Yeah, and I think I was, I was speaking to you about it, Zed. Like, like, this is something I'm very passionate about. You know, I work with, so we had Beaver on here. So Beaver's a mate of mine, Steve Menzies, um, and talking with Matty Ballon. We're working with the Manly Seagulls, what we do and stuff as well. And I was, you know, I know you and Reese Douch in from, well, he was from, from August Sports. I know you guys were, uh, you know, him as well. And I was working with him with a couple yep. of finalists for a bit as well. And one of the things I was trying to work on was, was this because every finance guy that walks into, walks into these athletes is like, I can make you heaps of money because there's money in it for them, right? And that's the, that's the big end. What I was trying to work on is going, well, fuck, stop talking to these people who can think they can make heaps of money. Let's focus on managing it properly first because that was a big problem is a lot of these athletes and superstars, and it's one, one reason we wanted you on here is because you'd be a great insight because not only your own experience, but all your, all your clients, right, as well, is they just think, they don't see that it's not a never-ending source. Like, it's more of an opportunity than a long-term thing. And they, they give away, they start, I'm all for people helping people. They do it at the start in a way as if it's going to be there forever without making sure, first and foremost, that it is going to be there forever. You know, the first yeah. thing that we're doing is making sure it's sustainable 
and then work on the giving plan from there. But they all do it backwards. And then we see these NRL players getting, you know, retired early and then they've got to get back to a job, concreting or whatever. Like it's, it's a crazy bit of education that, that needs to sort of go through that, that industry, I think, you know? 100%. And this is why I try and enforce it to a lot of my clients. Of course, they've got to sort of build their brand. Um, when it comes to clients, I see it more of a, a business partnership. Like comparison to a lot of management companies and agencies out there, purely it's like, hey, here's your flight contract done. I'll talk to you next year. Yeah. Me, like, I like to sort of do certain projects together, find endorsements, sponsorships, even just business deals. Trying to utilize your brand, your social media, your fan base, and create a business out of it. Yeah, that's know, right. And forward. That's, that's, I love yeah. that. Why, 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 why you're still on the spotlight? Why yeah. you're still on the big stage? Because if you do it, let's say, 10 years later, when you're going, oh, shit, I should have yeah. done like a, you know, a, a merch line or, you yeah. know, talking about, you know, certain other projects that could have utilized the platform and using, let's say, the organization platform. That's, that's great, key. A great example of that is Drink West with... Tyson and Ty, like Tyson and Bam, Bam. like it's it's amazing. Fits fits, I guess the personalities, and this is one key thing. When I when I sit down with a client, I try and understand their personality, what their interests are. You know, of course, if if it's you know they had interest in so that whether it's it's drinking, gaming, clothing, fashion, whatever, then I try and sort of nurture that into sort of ongoing um, within their career. You it's know, just, it's just simple, simple diversification, hey, like diversification and risk mitigation from the start. It's like in that way, it's it's key. Yeah. It's so key. Yeah, you got, to, you got to understand too. Like coming up, like you're you're a pretty intelligent dude, and and like I can I can tell that like growing up and with the people around you, with these with these dudes, they never thought. From my point of view, say Ty for example, right? Ty would never have, he would have always known he was going to blue because he was just banged for his whole life when mm. he was a kid. But he yeah. never would have dreamed at 13 years old he could be on the world stage at the UFC, let alone own a beer company. And I think that, like that there is to be nurtured. And I feel like that's where I can, I can see with what you're saying and what you're doing is that's where you go, listen, guys, this is, what you've, this is the opportunity you've got. Whereas I know for a fact, certain people that come out at, you, you know, I, I, find, I find myself sometimes, you know, look, looking around thinking, fuck, how did I get here? Like, how did I manage mm. where I was? Because... At 16, I just thought there was a couple of ways out. You know what I mean? I yeah. just was going to end up locked up. But, but who, who said it? Someone said it on a podcast perfectly. That's where one of the first things, the best things to learn, that like rather than trying to teach everyone the world, right? Learn what don't you know. Once you realize what don't yeah. I know and then surround yourself with the people that can help. Like you said it with Mark. Mark was trying to ask for favors and using other managers. You know, we always say, uh, you know, a good professional can be expensive, but not as expensive as a shit one. You know, like that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think one of the education pieces is just getting these young, like one of the things we're trying to pass on is the two things that's coming across our podcast is learn what you don't know. As soon as you know you don't you know what you don't know, start looking at how you can, you know, people that do know that shit well. And secondly, be conscious yeah. of that stuff. Maybe be conscious of all your decisions yeah. and be conscious of what you don't know so that you can you can progress and, and get there faster rather than trying to slog it out, <laughs> you know? Yeah, hundred percent. It's um you know, I guess for a lot of these guys, it's, it's also finding their passion because, of course, let's say, for example, if I found something that, you know, Mark wasn't into, but, you know, and I said, look, there's potential money in it. And he was just like, oh, I can't be fucked, you know, doing yeah. it every That's day or promoting every day. Then it's not really going to work, you know, like yeah. if I said, oh, 
Mark, you know, you, you, I'm going to make you a model. <laughs> oh, maybe, you know, he probably won't enjoy it as much. Tyson, on the other hand, he's got a pretty face, you know, he loves the cameras, you know, and it's, uh, he, he actually understands fashion than a lot of other guys as well. He's got the look, he's got the gift of the gab on that sense. So we utilize that, you know, yeah. we get him campaigns, you know, um, which, which is great. At, you know. Nah, Johnny Big. Nah, Tyson did one. No, with... it was Tari Cash for Tyson. Oh. Tyson, yeah. Tyson, oh, Tyson, yeah, Tyson, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Tyson did one with Tari Cash. I've seen it. I think he worked with Zelezniak too with the watches. He's he, pretty good. Like, I see all of his stuff come up. He markets real well, organically. Like, he's real good. Yeah, he, he's great at those, you know, those campaigns. But then, like, even with Mark, it's like, I knew that he had an amazing story. I don't know if you've ever read his book, but it was like, we did massive numbers. It was a hit for us. You know, his biography is still one of, you know, one of the best biographies from a lot of, you know, I guess certain critics, uh, sport biographies as a fighter. He has an amazing story. So I thought, why don't we put this out uh, a few years ago? And it's, it's, yeah, it's opened up a lot more doors uh, for us and sort of built his brand because as a fighter, we a common person they're just going to go oh he's that sort of got angry fighter guy that you know we don't really want to deal with but then when you read the story there's a connection right yeah I wanna, it's like I, holy shit i want to read that i um i just joined up at Livewell, the where he's runs juggernaut out of actually. oh nice so yeah yeah cool i just i just signed up there and been training there and i i, I learned a bit more about him just from there with the, when i signed up and talking to the guys there and stuff and i started following a bit more and i just come across that book about a week ago i really want to read it actually oh, so I actually watched Yeah, it. let me know if you need a copy. So you've already got a book. If, if you need more copies, I'll send some out to you. But it's an amazing story. We're currently finished or finalizing the doco, uh, which is around one. the sort of same storyline. I'll take one, Zen. Send it. We'll send you one back. I'll take one of them. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. And then, um, you know, the story, is, 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 it's, it's an amazing story. The doco, I think, would should have more sort of explain it as you know uh, i guess in a, in a better way because it's going to be more visual um and then you know there's there's a number of options to try and make a movie out of it so, so people you know don't, people don't like i i've followed as a fighter i followed mark for a while i didn't but i've only yeah. recently known his story like because i and he's like i just love following him instagram is because he's so on the coast he's um like he does a lot with the fafitas and stuff and i grew up with the fafitas younger brothers up on the coast so i see a lot of that as well um yeah. and the People people don't realize the lengthy career that uh, Mark had before UFC. People mm. think it's Mark UFC, but he's like that was like the end of his his fight career. Like he's he did so much before that, and there was such a a big stuff there that he's got. Uh, yeah, I'm really keen to roll. I'll hundred percent read that. I watched. Watch yeah, well, and that's the thing. A lot of people didn't realize, you know, the whole previous career. As you said, that was more sort of the back end of his career fighting the UFC. Of course, the knockout walk you know, the, the, <laughs> the, lead, the, the lead horse is not finished. Apparently, he's supposed to be fighting Paul Gallen, which yeah. we're still waiting on. <laughs> you reckon he'll get so it? That, that'd be really interesting. That, Sorry? Do you reckon he'll get that? Do you reckon they'll get that for? Fuck, I'll tell you what. That, it's a done deal, but we're just waiting on um, a final date. So, yeah. What is Gallon we'll thinking, man? What the <laughs> you don't walk out of the fight, we we had the same reaction. We thought, like I said to Mark, I said, "Oh, Paul wants to fight," and he was like, "What?" 
yeah, well, I thought we were buddies, but then apparently not. So, you know, I think that was just more for the sport. I, I think Paul... But we'll have a crack. It's good for Paul's career. Like, it's fucking, you know, you go in, mate, I'll tell you what. I'll give him that, Paul Gallon. He, he's, he has a crack. He has a, You can't fucking fold him in that, but fuck that. <laughs> fuck that.